Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 90 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through new books for the first time. In this episode of Death Readers, we're reading uh, the... (laughs) We're reading Tarzan of the Apes, chapters 16 through 22. Um, If this is your first time listening, what we do here is we... Uh, we read through these chapters, we discuss them, we take notes, we, we tear them apart like, like, you know, meat from a lion that you've hunted, and uh, we digest them, and then we produce a product after digestion that is a valuable insight to the book. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing here. <laughs> so, if you'd like to, we encourage you to read along. So, if you'd like to go pick up a copy of Tarzan of the Apes, there, uh, which can be found for free, legally for free, just get it. Just go, just go download just it. Go for get free. it, uh, and you can listen to, you can read it, and then you read these chapters. Come back, listen to what we have to say about them, and go. Oh, these guys are just wrong, or go like, oh wow, I never thought of that. So yeah, uh, do we have any housekeeping? We do actually have a little bit of housekeeping. Let's get it out of the way. So I was looking into whether Tarzan had been published serially in a magazine. I wondered that also. Because um, Lovecraft did that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lovecraft was mostly short, short stories. But it was a big thing to do. However, so this is what I found. It's kind of interesting. It was not serialized, but it was published in a magazine first. The whole book. Oh, one wow. magazine. Yeah. Wow. That's a thick um, magazine. It was the All Story magazine in October of 1912. And and in the September issue, right before it, they had a little advertisement. And it said, This issue announces the forthcoming publication of Tarzan of the Apes in the following issue. Tarzan of the Apes is the name of Mr. Burroughs' new novel. We're going to give it to you all at once. It's a crackerjack. If you will stop and realize how many thousands and thousands of stories an editor has to read day in, day out, you will be impressed when we tell you that we read this yarn at one sitting and have the time of our young lives. Hmm. That was their advertisement for Tarzan of the Apes, whose birthday is apparently in October as a, oh as a you know, <clears throat> novel. Yeah, that's nuts. All right, so let's start then if we're done with our housekeeping, which I believe we are. Uh, let's go into chapter 16. Most remarkable. Most remarkable. Um, my first page notes on page 141. Mm-hmm. I believe that's very early in the chapter. Because uh... let me let me just look real quick. When does my chapter start? Oh, yeah. It's uh, literally the second page. <laughs> I mean, mine's on 140, but our, our pages are off. So maybe it's is yours about Muslim, the Muslim religion? Yep. Okay, since mine is as well, why don't you go ahead and take it and we can chat about it. No, you should go first. I just Safer for me if you go first. <laughs> I just, oh, so we're anti-Muslim now too? What? That's not what you got? What? No, me or the book? I thought you were, are you accusing the me? Book. Oh yeah, no, the book, of course. Jesus. Of course, apparently. I thought you were accusing me of being anti-Muslim. I was like, no. no. Yeah, my, my note here is basically that I think I said something like, is, is talking about the racism and colonial supremacy the easy way to review this book? Like, it, it, feel, it feels like it's like, it's so, it, it's becoming like a blister. It's coming to the surface. <laughs> it's, it's harder to ignore or, or harder to like 
excuse. Mm-hmm. And these are these are those moments where like, and by harder to, I mean I'm not going to. Sure, sure, It's like we're like, no, nah, fuck this. <laughs> like benefit of the doubt is one thing, which I think all books deserve, especially old books. But then it becomes things like, I don't know. I, I my also my, one of my other thoughts was like, is there a way we could read this book without reading the horrible parts? Like, is there an edit you could do to cut out the the shitty parts? But I'll I'll explain for the readers. In this particular moment, Professor Porter suggests that what he calls Muslimism is antithetical to scientific progress, which to to any person who I I think I'll I don't know how to cl- cl- uh, clarify this, but to anybody what know anything, you know that our alphanumerical system mm-hmm. directly comes from Islam. Mm-hmm. It is it is an Arabic it's an Arabic nu- numerical s- and, and alphabetical system, and it comes from that because ancient Islam was a beautiful meld of science and religion. They had their scientific shit together. They really did. Without without them, we would have very like 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 if you if you can ignore how fundamental and I use that word precisely, like I use that word. <laughs> with extreme clarity how fundamental our alphabet and numeric systems are to our complete understanding and ability to interact with each other in western in the western world if you can just ignore that because you're a dummy like they've done plenty of other things that were really important um successfully determining the length of the solar year because i looked it up i looked up some of the stuff like let's just clarify what are some of the accomplishments uh, so successfully determined the length of the solar year, developed algebra. They did a lot of other like astronomical things mm-hmm. that were really significant. But uh, basically, it's just again, I think one of the really striking things about this book, a huge takeaway, is that Burroughs himself knows so little. He is so very ignorant about science and about nature that it, he can't help but just give his science characters incorrect science to preach and and so and there's a there's a difference between just incorrect science and like oh maybe at the time it was different like sure, there's some sure, stuff in this absolutely. book like at the time you might you could give him the benefit of the doubt just oh they didn't know yet Especially this isn't princess one of, of mars i feel like there's probably right. a lot of that where i just be like they didn't they didn't they didn't know better for a lot right, of this right uh but not with not with the alphanumeric system we have you should know that you right. should know where it comes from and and the fact that he doesn't is stupid, and it makes fucking it makes him and Professor Porter seem like dumb assholes. Did I cover it? Yeah, no, that was that was well well put. Um, I have more notes on this page. <laughs> go for, go for it. I mean, I have one more notes, and then kind of an overview of the chapter. My okay. other notes about the word lion. Okay. Do you have that note? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so page 141, I have two more notes here. Uh, number one, I'm getting tired of the constant tut-tuts. Tut-tuts got old, sure. Basically, Professor Porter says tut-tut a lot uh, in mm-hmm. these chapters, and it's fucking irritating. It might not be that bad in a stage play, because I kept thinking about that a couple times, about how, like, sometimes sure. the way Esmeralda talks, sometimes the way Professor Porter talks feels like if you were putting them in vaudeville, this might play. Oh, absolutely. Like there's, this, there's a character in Arsenic and Old Lace who kept saying uh, bully after right. Theodore Roosevelt. And that that's just a, a character affectation. I can totally see that. But reading it. Obnoxious. Mm-hmm. 
Number two, uh, the word he uses the word circumambulate, which is to me not a new word, so it can't go in the new word alert. But it's the kind of word I like using. Sure. <laughs> uh, I have a page note on page one forty nine. Okay. Uh, it just says, "Ugh, Esmeralda is exactly the stereotype I feared she would be." <laughs> uh, which I'm sure we'll get to more later. Oh, uh, as, I think we as, will. As she develops or devolves, I don't know what the right word is here. Ugh. Uh, it's it's just upsetting. Anyway, uh, overview is what I have next. So, what's your what's your note on lions? Oh, uh, one forty one. The professor. Um, did I actually take this? Him objecting to the word lion as slang made me laugh. Oh, yeah. Overall, this chapter was pretty funny with just the two of them bickering through the jungle. I think that is what's what its intention was. The same thing, I think, and this doesn't excuse it, but I think that Esmer- uh, Esmeralda's character is also supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, she's well, supposed to be the, the a comic relief character. Porter and Philander did amuse me. Sure. When he said there was a a, 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 a specimen of the Felis like, genus approaching, and Philander went, you mean a lion? He's like, you don't need to use slang, man. I'm like, that, that made me laugh. Yeah, I, I I agree. The the parts where they're like they're like sassing each other about, but just their weird their weird way of sassing each other, uh, I did find kind of funny. There's that moment where Philander and Porter are like they've been they've been pulled up into the tree by Tarzan, mm-hmm. and and one of them I think Porter is like mm, not not very dignified of you to be pulled up in the tree in such a manner or something like that, and the other guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Or like the the point where he says something about like oh, I'm a man who's once he's set his mind to something will never take it you know be be unconvinced and it's like that's I I think that that's the thing where it's like oh obviously a person who's like that is a fool yeah um who 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 is you know that's the joke he's supposed to be a smart character who's just a joke uh, and he's actually very dumb but that felt so base humor like it felt so it- silly. I mean, it was silly, but also they they had a they had a line about Jane. I think in Philander talking about it, making it sound like he was you know devolving into dementia. Oh, you think so? Where where she was like, I mean, we need you on hand to mind him because he's getting worse all the time. Ah, okay. Oof. So it's more laughing at the expense of someone with a uh, disability. Disease? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's. Burroughs is fucking hilarious. Dice. Super, super, super funny check. Like Andrew Dice Clay over here. <laughs> I don't. That's not fair. I don't know. I don't know if Dice ever criticized people with disabilities. Sam Kennison, surely. Did Did Kennison do it? I don't know. I haven't listened to anything sure. Kennison's done. Uh, overview. You want to take the overview? Oh, that was that was kind of my overview. That it that it was an uh, an amusing chapter that I enjoyed reading. Probably the most of these chapters. Well, what I mean by overview is basically catching the audience, the, the listeners up on what happened in these chapters. No, I think you should do that. So in these chapters, the two old white guys get lost in Tarzan brings them back to the cabin. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> they Pretty get much. lost in the in the woods and Tarzan goes to get them and they don't listen or pay attention to him. And so he has to kind of force them back. It's dumb. Uh, next chapter is 17. Burials. I have a page uh, on 150. I have a note on 150. Oh, actually, you know what? Um... 
let's do, do the overview a first. overview first. Yeah. Right. So the over- say that. The overview of the chapter for this chapter is that after returning to the uh the the cabin, uh I guess the the French uh, the French the, uh, the the pirates are like leaving or they're getting ready to leave and they bury some treasure first. Um, yes. And, I, and I think they had left but then they came, came back, back to, to land bury treasure. To bury treasure to bury treasure, which we find out more about later. Right. And and the, the rat faced man, I believe, is murdered while they're burying the treasure and then his body's dumped in the hole with the treasure. But uh, meanwhile then, our our party at the cabin are also burying the skeletons that they found. Yes. So it's, um, that's why it's burials. Well, there's also more than one skeleton, so arguably you could just be like those skeletons are more than one. They're they're plural. But I take your point. It's not just the act of the treasure and the rat face man, I'm saying. There's more to it. You're correct, and it's an interesting narrative parallel. Cuz you can bury things you want to dig up for later and you can bury things to never be dug up again. Mm. And the Claytons are clearly repressed Englishmen, and they're burying their emotions. So Tarzan's watching the burial of the treasure, and then Tarzan goes after the after the pirates leave, and digs it up, mm-hmm. and then takes it. I believe in this chapter is this the one where he takes it and buries it at in the village with the apes. He he puts it somewhere. Yeah, the point is he's got it. He's got a secret cache of treasure that nobody else has. Right. Okay, so on to the notes of this chapter. Uh, my page is page 150, and mm-hmm. it has to do with the higher white race. That's the only note I've got, and it also is on page 150. Feels like page 150 is pretty deep into a book to put your hood up. <laughs> that's that's basically my thought, was, was like, wow. I mean, we had some hints up to this point, but damn. I mean, I don't know how much you can, how many different synonyms for supremacy you need to get what he's getting at. Professor Porter and Mr. Philander were deeply interested in examining the skeletons. The two larger, they stated, had belonged to a male and female of one of the higher white races. Shudder. Yeah, it's, uh... inexcusable well i mean i i don't know about inexcus- inexcusable implies that the most important part of it is the judgment i think that it's just important to recognize that this is not cool on a modern level like to to like i think this is what i'm talking about i think that there was a amount and this is probably what's happening in modern day society too though is that there's a group of people who are massively undereducated and they are, when, when someone's massively undereducated, they're very easy to persuade. They're very easy to uh, lie to and convince and bamboozle. It, it's, it's very easy to do those things. So if you're a person who has been told all your life that you're exceptional and you're special, etc., etc., and then you start to be institution, and then the institutionalism of racism that you grow up in without understanding it confirms those perceptions then you start to wonder, I would imagine you could start to wonder like, oh, is this natural? Is it, you know, somehow ordained that Mm -hmm. people of my skin color are just better than people of other skin colors? 
as opposed to realizing that it's that it's fucking not it doesn't have enough of a difference in in a ways that matter like that there's no divinity there's no like superiority there are like it's it's there's so many complicated sociological elements to what race the effects race really has on mm-hmm. society and on people that you can look at as like oh wow you mean like uh simply by having like if we look at numbers of, of, of people who are incarcerated and break them down by skin color, oh my god, look at the disparity. It doesn't even match our, like, like you, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to match, like, uh, like, be even, but you probably also wouldn't expect it to not match our cultural demographic ratios. Like, it's just not. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so then you start to wonder, hmm, why is it that people of a certain skin color end up in incarcerated more frequently or, or whatever. And it, it just become, then you start to see, Oh, this is the difference. This is the thing that actually happens and matters is that there are people who are cruel to people who believe that the skin color difference matters in, in a way that causes them to mistreat other people based on it. Not this bullshit, not this, like, cause this is pseudoscience. That's what this boils down to is this is Burroughs saying, I don't understand how science works, but everything I read at the time is reinforcing my idea that whiteness is bestness. And so instead of like, and, it, and maybe that, and that it sucks because I don't know, man. I don't know if there's, if there was no better science at the time. Like, right. did, did we have to have people who believed this to get to the point where we could disprove it? Because, because maybe it's a misnomer to presume that it was, it's obvious. I'm sure there's some fascinating books and papers about this. Probably. But I don't even know where to start. Right. I mean, science, the thing about science is it's always going to build on itself. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe you have to have people who believe, who massive amounts of, of intellectuals who believe this incorrect bullshit for other interact, intellectuals to challenge it. I mean, if the scientific method's working, then there should be challenges. And then those challenges should come out to bear the reality of the situation anyway it's frustrating it's frustrating to read it because it feels again he he says these things in this book like there's such matter of fact mm-hmm. and and it's it it's like the thing i was saying last episode or, or the episode before about how there's a lot of his things that he says that feel like they're coming from a christian perspective like like i said before this is like preordained this is divine sure. truth yeah but it's such a narrative derailment if you're in, you know, you're enjoying the story and you're going along and you're like, this is that classic adventure that, you know, uh, my parents talked about and you see in old movies and it's great. And then you hit one of these and you're like, oh, right. But that isn't the intention of the story, I don't think. like I It's don't not think... the intention of the story, but. No, no, I don't think the intention of the story is to be a classic. Like, I, don't, I think that's the thing that doesn't, it's hard to manufacture like a hit. Sure. Um, unless you get into the point where you're literally just using AI to tell you what's the most popular thing right now. But Burroughs didn't have that. No. He just got lucky. Like, he published it in a fucking magazine. Yeah. So, like, I I think that it, it's... I'm not saying it's unfair to, to look at it through that lens. I'm just saying, like... I, I don't know if there... if he I wonder if he would have written it differently if he had anticipated its success. And so through that, I can say, like, I agree with you. It is, it, it affects me reading it now as like a, damn, 
this is not what I expected to be reading and not what I like. I didn't buy this book off the fucking like Goodwill racks because I was like, oh, cool. A classic racist novel. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't I, I don't feel he would have written differently if he had known. I, I think it would have to have been raised differently and then we wouldn't have the book we had because um, because Burroughs kind of strikes me as the nope, I've written it. I'm moving on. Yeah. It's down. On to the next thing. It's it's fascinating to me. I mean, really, truly, like, in, in ways where, like, it makes me want to go and read more Lovecraft um, and see, like, the same, see that stuff there, too. Like, sure. see see what that perspective is. Because I, I, I have this confidence in this anticipation of it being written with such assuredness of this, like, again, this idea that this is a fact. These, the supremacy of the races or the difference in the hierarchy of race is somehow to these authors concrete. It's, it's just a, it's a bummer and it's going to keep being a bummer for the rest of this book. Cause it's not, it isn't letting up and I have a right. feeling it's just going to keep, I mean, hopefully this is like the apex of these I, problems. I, I feel like no pun intended Lord of the apex. <laughs> uh, I feel like it might be because I feel like this, only because the story might veer away from the village after these chapters. Yes. And so it might not have reason to go there. Not that it's going to stop having that attitude, but if it's not talking about it, it won't right. be you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, my only, my last little note on this chapter is that, uh, you know, when we began reading Tarzan, I didn't expect it uh, to contain pirates and buried treasure. Yeah. Um, I think sure. that's, I think that's actually a pretty important note for me because when I think of Tarzan, I think of completely jungle bound adventure. Like even the stuff with Jane, I, I, the aspect of them arriving by boat or ship doesn't feel like it's significant, a significant part of the narrative, but having read the book up to this point, I can see how it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I thought, I think that's actually kind of interesting. I have more to say about that later. But I, this is the first part where I took that first note. Um, okay, man, I really, I really feel like such an asshole when I talk about race in these books. I, I mean, I just, I feel like I'm doing it wrong, and it makes me feel bad. Uh, cause I, cause I, it's a really, it's, it's a very obviously like sensitive subject, and it, like, it's, it's very serious. Like so, so much of of the institutionalized racism that we live with now that is hard for the privileged to see is just like it's just like it's constantly building it's just mm -hmm. like there's there's it's like it's almost it's 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 terrifying to look at it and go like are we ever going to be like done with this i i think i think that's what i i think my trouble is it's hard to like contextualize this because i i want so badly to live in a world where we're beyond it and i know we're not and i don't think i'm gonna live to see a world that's beyond it which sucks uh because i want that world so badly <laughs> It's just, I think the problem is I want to talk through this issue, but I, I know I'm not the person to talk through it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that what sucks is I don't like reading books that make me talk about it. Well, and no, I that's... disagree. I disagree with that attitude. I think we are people to talk through it. We're not people to necessarily weigh in with a definitive answer, but everyone should be talking through it. That's going to help us grasp. Even if we have fledgling thoughts that are wrong, 
like you were saying earlier, we have to have those so they can be corrected later. Yeah. If we don't think, it's if we don't, like, if, we, if we just hide it and, and, you know, bury it then, and we don't think about it because it's awkward, then we're not going to do any kind of growth. No, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about pontificating a bad, a, a, a malformed opinion. And, I and, still and, think that's important, integral to the process. But, but I'm doing it into a void. Essentially, like I'm sure. not doing it in where, where someone who could help me, no offense, but someone who could help me get better could help, could do, could it, like that person's not talking to me. So like what I feel like is that, like, yes, it's, it's not bad to have these like thoughts and work through these issues and think through these things. It's a whole lot better if you're doing it with someone who's knows more. No, oh, has absolutely. The answers. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely. 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 And so However, like without, without that person, it feels like I'm pissing into the wind. Like, sure. It feels sure. like, it feels like I'm just, just making a mess of myself. But when you're, when you're pissing into the wind all over me, <laughs> yeah, uh, it will give you a more concrete talking point when you are talking to someone who actually has something to say on this. And then they can correct you. Yeah, but is that is that process is that ugly process something I want to put into the world, like publicly with re- recording? It might be. It might be our only way forward. What I won't say is I, I I'm not saying we can't. I'm not going to continue talking about race because it's it's the noteworthy thing about this book. Like, there's a lot mm. of fun adventure stuff, but you can't have that. It's <laughs> Tarzan isn't the fucking Bible. Like, no. you can't have it, like, where you can be like, I only like these parts. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do that with the Bible. But, like, uh, if you're going to have a religion, be dogmatic, you fucks. <laughs> wow. Um, hopefully the next book we read won't have so much obvious bullshit in it. And and, and that is to say I'm, I was surprised by the pirates. Um, <laughs> that brings us to chapter 18. The Jungle Toll. I have a note on page 164. Um, I only have a note. Do I only have a note on? I almost hesitate since it's going to come up later, I'm sure. Just Esmeralda exclaiming, oh, Gabarelle again. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Esmeralda's uh, speech later on. Okay. Um, so we, we can we can table that one for now. Okay. My first page note is on page 164. Okay, and in this one, Jane is sort of reflecting on how much this trip has gotten her father into debt. This is this is Jane's backstory letter, right? That Tarzan steals, yes, and, yes. and it, it gives everything. Okay. In this letter, she mentions that her dad uh, made an eleven thousand dollar, essentially investment for the most part. It, it's a little loose, but she 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 the two numbers she mentions are a thousand dollars for a map, treasure map. A treasure map, and then An old piratey treasure map, and then ten thousand dollars for to fund the the expedition. Sure. So it's eleven grand basically. So mm-hmm. so I went back and uh, looked at the inflation rates. Uh, so I did I did the math on eleven thousand dollars from nineteen fourteen, which is as far back as inflation rates go. Now this book, as we've mentioned, was published in nineteen twelve. We also know that the Greystokes. Uh, had their expedition to Africa in 1888. So if we extrapolate that Tarzan's 20 years old, as they mentioned, that puts us in when? Uh, 1908. 1908. Yeah. So that is, yes, a really close to the time that 
we have the inflation rate numbers for. Okay. So eleven thousand dollars in nineteen fourteen, like eleven thousand dollars in nineteen fourteen, would equate to twenty twenty one, uh, roughly two hundred ninety seven thousand dollars. It's a chunk. And I, I mean, that seems like a lot. It also seems like a like, like inflation should be more, but that's still like a lot. It, it is. That's like the amount of a pretty good house you could you could have for this trip. And, well, and, and because it, because of all that, like it also makes me wonder, like what what man, what kind of buying power would would that have gotten you otherwise? Like what else could you have done with that much money? And who lends it anyway? It's. It, 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 I think the important part there is to realize, okay, if, if you if you equate it to today's time, imagine taking a pretty nice house and being like, mm-hmm. I'm throwing that amount of money at an investment that is a literal like treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, and, it and is that crazy. sort of lends to the thing you were saying about her dad maybe being not all there anymore. Oh, absolutely not. Especially since they clearly didn't go with anybody bonded. I mean, yeah, they went uh, with pirates. Bo- both these expeditions were chock full of, you know, mutineers and sailors that would, you know, stab you as soon as look at you. Do you have any page notes in this chapter? I don't. Uh, my next note is 170. No, it isn't. It's just more about racism and I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that brings us to chapter eight, uh, 19. The Call of the Primitive. Great. Um, my first page note is page 176. What's the overview of this chapter? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I, I, I got it. Okay. French sailors capture the pirate ship and bring it into Tarzan's Bay to rescue the marooned people. They exchange stories about what got them there, and then they decide to sit... They decide to send out a company of Frenchmen to hunt for Jane, who at this point has been captured by an ape. And drug off into the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's the... Uh, did, did I miss anything there? No, 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 no. My only note here was, you know, uh, Wilp cannibalism again. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my page note on 176 is, here Burroughs suggests that, quote, the lower orders... Uh, he's talking about animals... The lower orders are specially endowed by nature with better olfactory nerves than man, but, uh, excuse me, they are not, they're not especially endowed, uh, with better olfactory senses than man, but it is merely a matter of development. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my, my point there is that that's fucking bullshit. Uh, it, it is. is, it is again, more pseudoscience, ignorance, uh, not accurate stuff, uh, um, and, and and this is the point where I, I, I was thinking, again, like, this is, is uh, here's my question here. <laughs> is it crazy to suggest that Christianity is really the source of white supremacy? Is is Christianity the patient zero of white supremacy? Because when I think about it, that's the thing that white supremacists seem to have the most in common. Hitler, the Ku Klux Klan, like, they're draped in christian iconography and it it strikes me here again that thing we were talking about before this idea that like men but specifically white men are so are divinely endowed with the capacity to 
rule over the beasts of the world, which Burroughs suggests African humans are. And that's the stuff that, like, it strikes me there, like, the real darkness of this story is is very Christian. I mean, it's it's funny because I don't know if I've ever had that thought, and I feel like I should have, and I haven't spent... I spent as long as I've had since you brought it up to think about it. <laughs> Sorry, you don't no, have to. No, 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 no. I'm just. I just want that. I want that to be the grain of salt with, which is taken what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm not saying anything wrong with it as yet, as a working theory. Right. Uh, without, of course, like knowing the history of it, it just occurs to me like. There seems to be a whole lot of indoctrination to this idea. Like, like we talked about, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this exactly yet, but like in, in, in uh, one of Christianity's offshoots, you know, Mormonism has a very specific take on people of darker skin. Mm-hmm. It's literally perceived as a punishment that God mm-hmm. bestows upon them. That, that would be the mark of Cain? Yeah. Is that, that's the angle? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh. That's pretty. I mean, Fucked it's up. just it, it it it's the kind of thing that you would expect to have been like edited out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like and, and that's what I mean, like as an offshoot of Christianity, it's hard to look at that and not think oh, the source text must also have something. But even if you just look at like the modern depictions of Jesus Christ. Like, you have... He's a, he's a white dude in all the... Like, not all, but... The majority of the, like... Depictions are of a Caucasian guy. Right. Like, and you go back to, like, the Crusades, and it's like, well, of course that's who they were depicting. They were depicting themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like the... <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, man created... It's the thing from Jurassic Park. Man created God so that they could say God created them because they needed to have some sort of justification for their existence as a like intellectually superior thing to the beasts of the field. Right. 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 But in doing so, they write that God created them in his image. And then they go out of their way to create God in their image. Yeah. It's Ouroboros. (laughs) It's just, it's obviously nonsense. Like it's, it's, And so, like, it it strikes me that they make this, like, superhero, like, character. They say he is their savior. They slaughter people in his name. And then because they're successful, because Christianity wasn't expunged by, you know, I don't know, uh, like, pagans or uh, Muslims or, like, any other people sure. they warred against. Saracens, yeah. Yeah, um, that, that, like, it's like they, they took that as a, as validation for, for their, for their beliefs. And then the, uh, you know, celebration of the thing that they thought was so important, their image, because that's the thing when you, when you make that part of your identity, when you are confronted with someone who has a higher amount of melanin in their their skin and you decide that makes them so different from you Uh that, they don't reflect the same quote image of divinity. Then you start to decide whiteness is divine. 
right. whiteness is bestowed upon you by the Lord. They, again, you made up. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like if, if if I was like... My imaginary friend says I'm the best. Yes, that's that's a nice way of saying it and doesn't pull in any offensive IPs like I was about to. Okay, oh, um, I'm curious. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, like, it'd be like if I was, like, you know, like, the easy com- the easy comparison is, is Superman. Like, oh, yeah. very, very much a, 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 not so much a Christian comparison. He is in a lot of ways now, but originally created by, they- you know, by, by, uh, two hebrew fellows as that, a like, moses to, to, story exactly to be a moses character he's he's the 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 rocket ship from krypton is the basket in the river he's tossed down to earth um in this exact same way and then raised by people not knowing who he's from not knowing he's the the king or whatever although right. I, i'm sure you could do a lot of papers on how christianity took superman over just like they took over holidays like yule and Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Christianity is nothing if not opportunistic and yes. it's um uh and and greedy, which is why it melds so well with capitalism. But my point is like I I that's why I have this idea. That's why this thought occurred to me and maybe it's a very juvenile thing. I'm glad to know that you had it hadn't occurred to you. It makes me feel like it's a little bit more insightful, but like ouch. <laughs> I, I I don't know how that's an ouch. I I it makes me feel like me not getting it, I'm not the only one who didn't see it before. If Rob didn't think of it, then it must have some merit. Yeah, that's saying you're, that's a credit to you, dummy. <laughs> like, I'm saying that you were a thoughtful person. If something if had Rob occurred to you. Rob didn't think of it, my idea has merit. Still waiting to hear how that's a compliment to me. Because if you had thought of it, then it then would it, mean then that. it's probably um, a piece of shit idea, like all my ideas. No, it means that. I'm the one who's failed for not being in, uh, inquisitive enough. Interesting. <laughs> Listen, I know you. I was. I know it's very important for you to turn compliments into insults. <laughs> but that's the fuck's not that supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what just happened on my end. It wasn't. It wasn't actually an insult. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, the. It just occurred to me, you know, again, all this stuff about, like, why would he believe that? Like, he says later, like, like, he says this thing about, like, if you trained hard enough or whatever, like, it's a matter of discipline or whatever he actually says. It, it, again, it's like, he doesn't understand, like, that dogs have, like, 400 times more scent per, uh, receptors than we do in their noses. There's no amount of training you could do to mm-hmm. mimic that. There's lobsters with like 2,000 different cones and rods and cones in their eyeballs, and they can see colors we can't fucking imagine. So I tried to reverse engineer this, and this is what I came up with. Tell me if I'm way off the mark. Have you heard how a blind person is purportedly having better hearing and better uh, smell capabilities than a person with sight? And then there's the. uh, Yeah. I've read Daredevil. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then often in Daredevil, someone will say, well, you know, actually, that's not true. That's a misnomer. We just have more uh, cause to develop those senses because we don't have sight. But everyone has the same level. It doesn't heighten our senses. We just have more, you know, case to use them and train them more. 
What if that idea was going around, Burroughs heard that, and then just applied it to animals like an idiot? I mean, it's entirely possible that that happened. I think it's more likely that he took that whole Christian idea of be the master of the beasts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Everything on the earth is for yours, for you to- There's like, no take way these, these these animals could have something more than you. Exactly. They're, like, I made you in, in the- like. The the thing the, the the crux of this of the the hardcore dogmatic Christianity is God made humans in His image. We are literally divine. We are endowed by our Creator with ex exceptional ability that no other beast can have. Hmm. If you would, the, the I think my impression is that the fear is that if you could accept that there's some beasts, some lowly like those that skitter on the floor of the sea could have some capacity beyond a humans then that would oh i don't know call into question the entire faith so like you can't accept that if you're going to be dogmatic about it if you're going to be very literal sure. about your interpretation of your lord which again is another one of those things where it's like so <laughs> you have a religion but you're flexible and it's mm -hmm. like why even <laughs> why spend the time being wishy-washy about your religion. <laughs> Commit or pull out. And so that's what the stuff that it comes through here is that that it smacks of that mm -hmm. um, to me. Uh, what you were saying before about the Daredevil thing, I think that the thing that my impression of that has always been like, uh, I think it's what you were saying is it, it's like, it's obviously bullshit. It's not that someone's senses are more developed because they've lost a different sense. It's that they, <laughs> what they develop is their capacity to perceive yeah. not their capacity to like sense. actually yes not to sense but to perceive so for example if you were blind you would learn you would focus so much more on learning what sounds other sounds are that you would be able to in, in interact with the world around you based more on those things than a person who could take advantage of their sight right like I imagine sounds like the sound of the uh, hydraulics on a city bus releasing so that they the bus will come down to your level so you can easily walk on would be a sound that you'd wait for if you were at a bus stop, if you needed public transportation to get around as a as a, a sightless person or or like, you know, the reason they have traffic light uh, the, those those lights that the walk lights that beep is because for the exact same reason you you have to learn that sound means stop walking or right. like whatever yeah this this stuff really bums me out because it's just like god damn it dude like just stop writing this poop <laughs> all right next uh next my next notes on 178 okay uh my note here is that i know poking holes in a story is about as productive as shooting an above ground swimming pool but <laughs> i had to take a moment to think about Tarzan and Jane's first kiss. Uh, the way Burroughs writes this interaction suggests a belief that kissing is a natural behavior. Uh, and as far as I can tell, that's not implicitly correct. Mm -hmm. And so I found this article, which I will link in the uh, notes of this chapter or on this, uh, this episode uh, to a BBC article uh, titled, why do we kiss? Uh, and basically what the article also uh, I'll sum I'll summarize it here. It, it basically suggests that uh, half of the human cultures that they looked at don't have kissing as a practice, and and arguably animals don't either. I mean, canids do lick, cats do lick, 
uh, felines do lick, but like it's a <laughs> they different eat that ass. Oh my god! What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god! What? Where did that? What? What are you doing? Because <laughs> uh, they lick the butts. What are you talking about? Cats and dogs lick the Oh my butts. god, that wasn't what I was talking about. I was talking about licking other animals. Like, that's what kissing is. You're not... Good lord. Um... I'm sorry. Wow. We're out here talking about, like, we're having these conversations about religion and, and, and like, the, the follies of race, like, racism... And and you're and you gotta come in with that like that that shock jock bullshit man this is <sighs> back to my very erudite and like salient and, and salient and, and insightful uh, comment about the the origins of the practice of kissing. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna recite the whole article, but I, I'll say that Tarzan probably wouldn't have been as uh. He probably would have been as unfamiliar with kissing as he is with speaking English. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have someone there to teach him the practice. It isn't a, it isn't a reflexive thing. It isn't a natural, instinctive thing to do to kiss. Just in case anybody had that like thought that if they were reading along with this and read that and thought, oh, of course, kissing, it's natural. No, it's not. It's cultural. It's learned. It's it's a it's a practice. I have my next notes on page one eighty one. Okay. So the, the the ship, the Arrow, the pirate ship was that was found by these French people, and it was it was derelict, and like uh, they run out of food, and a bunch of them had died, and they were starving, and they were they were going thirsty. Uh, and the quote in the book is that two of the bodies looked as something like looked as though they were partially devoured by wolves. Mm-hmm. And my thought there is, yay, we finally get the cannibalism he wanted to put in the book for so long. He was so eager to get some cannibalism into this story. And he finally did it. But man, then boy howdy, do they crank it up. Boy howdy indeed. But uh, yeah, it's... Um, the sailors killed their navigator early on. Because they're dumb. Yep. Uh, that's basically Burroughs' opinion. It just sounds like he doesn't like sailors. <laughs> Um, and then they're kind of drifting back and forth, not sure how they're going to sail away from their little beach of Africa. Right. And, uh, running out of supplies and then they're dying and eating each other. And then the French show up. Yep. And the French had the ship had, uh, before the ship, the pirate ship landed to drop off the, uh, professor and his crew uh they had been apparently been chased by this french crew and then once the arrow left tarzan's bay it got everything happened to it as rob said and the french found it again and once they found it they were able to decipher from the surviving crew members what had happened before and that they had you know marooned these other people on this in this jungle area so they were they were coming back to find them if they could uh, so that's why this this French legion has shown up uh, out of nowhere. Uh, you done with that chapter? I'm done with that chapter. Let's go to chapter 20. Heredity. 
I have a page note on 191. The hot chapter. Okay. This is all this is all Tarzan and Jane like mooning over each other and you know shuddering when they touch each other. This is great. This is this is this is the mm, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so you want to do the overview? I mean, that's that's basically as far as I'm concerned, that was the overview. When I when I read this chapter, my first thought was, man, I remember when I thought that the rom- the off-screen or off-page romance between Harry Potter and Ginny Weasley felt cheap and lazy. <laughs> and but like to have one chapter of Tarzan bringing Jane fruits and building her a shelter out of twigs and leaves feels and then that being the thing where she's like, I want this man. It I mean, feels this, kind of equally bad. This is Fifty Shades of Leopard. This is bad. <laughs> um, Come on, Rob. You can do better than that. Fifty Shades of Greystoke. God damn it, it was right there, wasn't it? It really was. It was staring you in the face like a hungry lioness in the jungle. I want to apologize to everyone. Um, for missing what you were all screaming at me. Yeah, clearly something obvious. That's... <laughs> way forward. I, 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 I fucked up. I'm sorry. It's so obvious that I, I feel bad for having got it. <laughs> um. um. So I, it bothered me to think about like, oh, you know. Okay, I don't know what her problem is. Why is she so enthralled with this guy? Is this just like? a man writing romance and projecting what he believes women want. Is that it? And I thought maybe, but that seems too easy. What if this is actually like Jane's affection for Tarzan is actually a rapidly onset case of Stockholm syndrome. Like what if she feels like, if she's not with him, she's not safe because she's undergone trauma. And even though he's kind of her captor, he's also her savior. So she's developed this mental like barrier between feeling safe and not being with him. Yeah. That sounds incredibly uh, accurate. And then I thought, all right, that's cool. (laughs) I was like, that's, you know. Especially... Because this is the chapter where Tarzan acknowledges in so many words that the gorilla that captured Jane did so for some pretty lecherous and nefarious purposes. Yes. And that that is part of his culture as an ape. Yeah. That he was uh, going to claim her as a wife. Yes. Uh, Which... God damn. Uh, That's, you... uh, I, I thought the cannibalism was heavy for, you know, the time. But yeah. this again, this all smacks of like what people thought of wildlife. Sure. You know what sure, I mean? Like, but but I, I and again, it wasn't so many words and only one paragraph and, and go over the heads of so many. But even even as much as was written seemed, at least of my perception of the time, quite lurid and I think the part that bums me out is the idea of the claiming. Yeah. Like that, that, that word itself implies a sort of triumph or a, like there was resistance and he prevailed 
that's the part that's the part that bums me out mm-hmm. because it sort of suggests that Tarzan understands that that's the way everything works and that's how Tarzan would also behave. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he also has this weird backtracking writing where he also is like, yeah, but he's also so deep. It, we're getting into that in a second. He's such an Englishman. Um, that's my note, basically. For well, this no, chapter, basically, so. that's the name of the chapter, Heredity, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, then I'll just get uh, So I guess my point is, like, if you look at things, like, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but if you look at the way, like, bonobos, like, like great apes behave, the bonobos specifically are super, like, they fuck. And it's it's a that's a thing they do a lot. Uh, it's it's a social currency. It's a way to to solve disagreements. It's like they're they're fucking dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they will they will do like all the stuff you'd find on the like the worst fetish websites. Like we didn't invent that. <laughs> Bonobos did. <laughs> it's it's prevalent <laughs> in in bonobo society so like in a sense like having it, it it would be interesting to see like a version of tarzan that's just basically like yeah when when, when we say that the the dumb dumb ritual is an orgy we mean it literally um because he uses that word a lot and i i Burroughs does um he calls he calls the things that the, the apes do or an orgy Sure, I, I feel like there are other connotations for orgy. To just okay. be a like what? Um, a festive revelry. A, a, a an animalistic revelry. Ah, the screaming and leaping about and smearing your body with berries and just hot sex okay no it's an orgy okay yeah yeah it's an orgy um (laughs) yeah yeah, uh the so like that that idea of like suggesting that ape ape behavior would be preoccupied with procreation as a pleasure activity doesn't seem surprising to me it's the idea of the the concept of the wife is the part that bumps me out also it's it's the it's the claiming and then the word wife because (laughs) that's something bonobos don't seem to have is they they may have mated pairs, but they'll have sex with uh, all over the place. So like, and obviously they don't have rituals like marriage. So I don't. It's hard to tell if this is just him like trying to write to his audience and and and, and say something like he doesn't know the term mated pair, so he says wife. Um, and especially in this, he has this idea that male apes have harems mm-hmm. that can be contested, but from other from male to male. There's a part where, or tar- earlier, where Tarzan, in order to broker peace, suggests that uh, Turkaz or whoever it was has to exchange a wife mm-hmm. for another wife or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as because 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 wives are property uh, is is sort of the suggestion there. I mean, part of that is is, is got to be you know fantasy writing, where this is stuff people wanted to write or read about, but if he uh, attributes it to apes then it's not so bad and you can get a thrill without feeling super guilty there. Oh, we have got to come back to that concept later. Cause I have, that's a, that's a note I have for an entirely different, like that concept, but switch mm-hmm. the, but, but like mad libs, the subject and, okay. it, and it's, it's something that I have the later. next chapter. Probably. Um, okay. But uh, my note here on, on page one ninety one is that uh, Burroughs fetish for English aristocrats emerges yet again. Yeah. Uh, this this idea that 
Tarzan would simply intuitively know how to be a gentlemanly because of his good English breeding. The kind of breeding that couldn't be washed out by complete lack of exposure to to the, the cultural, like, you know, origins. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like Burroughs understands and agrees with the idea that nature over nurture of, of, of a nature versus nurture debate. But an exception must be made for Englishmen for for their culture is in their blood. It's in their very souls, and you can't wash away the soul. Mm-mm. Even if you, even if you took an, uh, a noble Englishman and threw him directly into the jungle, the nobility and and his poise would still remain because it's just in his blood. And I just thought to myself, you know, you know, given enough time, <laughs> you can give an Englishman to a hundred monkeys in the jungle, and they'll write the Magna Carta. <laughs> And then eventually, they'll form a parliament. <laughs> and sooner or later, you'll have monkey pubs and <laughs> and uh, bananas and mash and <laughs> That was so dumb, I loved it. <laughs> Fish and chimps. You'll have it all. God damn it. That's it. I won't do any more. Okay. <laughs> but like, but because I I understand it's late. But like, but it just seems so stupid to me. Like, ah, like okay. There, I think there's something to be said in when it comes to naturalism, when it comes to genetics, to say that there are certain traits that in our genetic code that do lend themselves to behavioral inevitabilities. Mm-hmm. But I I. But I think the attribution there needs to be to the to the genes, which he, you could argue Burroughs is just poorly referring to as blood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The difference is what he's attributing to those to that genetic uh, makeup is completely separate cultural concepts, like the concept of kissing someone's hand, uh, the the concept of being gentlemanly. When in fact, you'd be more like, how quick are you to rage? How likely are you to take risks? What kind of food are you going to, like, be more interested in consuming? Like, genetically, is it more, are you going to be predisposed to seeking out sweets versus somebody who who doesn't have your specific genetic makeup? And the, and the trouble with these things and observing them is that because they're so easy to track in your own short-term family history, it's easy to confuse that with, oh, it's just in my nature. Well, nature sort of is this like loosely defined concept that is often overused to, as an a way to excuse bad behavior. And I think that's a, that's a falsehood that shouldn't be used. Like, Oh, I, uh, you know, I just, I've heard bullshit like this my whole life. I was like, oh, I just have a fiery Latin temper or some shit. Or like, you know, uh, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm Italian, so I have a temper. People always just use it on their fucking, like, inability to handle their own rage. I'm I'm from this part of the world, so, you know, rage issues. (laughs) Uh, Or I eat a lot. Or I eat a lot, yeah, I eat a lot because, you know. I'm from X place. 
It's got to be that. It's got to be all that rich Danish food. It's got to be you know, I just love pasta. I think you're. I think you're nailing it. Is that bad? <laughs> no, because you're saying everybody does it. I'm saying especially this guy is doing it, um, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. Uh, I'm done with that chapter. Let's go. Let's move on. Uh, chapter 21. The Village of Torture. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got one note. It's yikes. Okay, my, my overview to describe what happens in this chapter is... Uh, after some racist shit, Tarzan finds his way to Mabonga's village and rescues the French officer from the torture pyre. Also, gotta say, despite the horrible racism, this is a pretty well-paced story. There isn't one simple conflict. The arrival of the French seaman doesn't end the book. It actually adds to the drama and the complexity of the book's themes of pitting nature versus civilization. And I think that's a really important thing to note where... Uh, when I when I got to these parts of the chapter, I thought, wait, so there's a whole bunch of French soldiers now. Oh, that's really actually kind of interesting because he's not using that as they're not coming in to sweep everybody away and remove them from the dangers of the jungle. They are, but that's not just going to happen. That's actually going to cause more problems. A lot of these French guys die. A lot right. of these these tribal uh, people die. It's bloody and violent, and, and Tarzan's caught in the middle of it, because Tarzan, at this point, doesn't even have the concept of understanding that he could go somewhere else with these people. He doesn't have the understanding that, like, they're not, they're gonna leave, even, or they're gonna stick around. It's, 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 I think Burroughs is doing a really good job with his character, is I guess mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And this, it... And making this story more than guy in jungle learns jungle stuff, and also learns he's a... Human. Like, human. Um, so I, I, I got to give that credit. If you, Again, this I feel like there's a way to edit all the racism out of this book and just... And I'm sure every movie... I hope most of the movies do that. I believe um, so. But, like... And make it, make it compelling and interesting. I don't remember any racism in the Disney movie. Well, no, because the only people in the Disney movie are Tarzan, Jane, Porter, and Clayton. So... All white people, <sighs> which can be, you know, present its own problems. Yep. Okay. My first note after that. Oh, did I miss anything in the overview? You want to get any more clear with the overview? All right. I don't page, think so. Page two hundred two. Uh, <laughs> my note here is okay. Yeah, this shit is racist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an example? Yeah. Um, it's this part where Tarzan like acknowledges that when Africans kill Africans, it's okay because they were the same color, but once the tribal people transgress and kill a white man. Oh, that's a sin. Like that's a, that's a huge affront to Tarzan all of a sudden who didn't know that other white people existed before. Right. Right. Two, two or three days ago, he suddenly has all this, again, this, this concept of innate white supremacy is, is, is prevalent in this story. This idea that like, even it's so clearly right. It's so clearly like, the way things actually are that even a cave person or a jungle man stuck in a white person removed from his culture, his erudite, you know, noble British culture dropped into the, the, the heart of Africa raised by apes would still know that as a white man, he's better than Africans. It's like, that's fucked up. (laughs) That is so fucked up. 
And, and when you realize that that's the point of Tarzan, when you, when I, like, that's the thing that I'm struggling with is realizing that I like the adventure story of the pulpy, like strongman in the jungle doing strongman jungle shit and talking like, I like land Aquaman. That's cool. <laughs> but like, but like when, when you, when you get to the point where it's like, if Aquaman comes out and he's like, Oh, thank God I'm white. <laughs> like you'd be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Slow it down, Arthur. Like, that's not cool and obviously wrong. And then he comes out and he's like, do you guys want any white fish? We don't eat that. It's divine or some shit. And it's like, this is fucked up, Arthur. Shut the fuck up. That's that's what it feels like this this section says. And my, my main problem with it, my main problem with it, the thing that makes it so problematic is what I mean, is that it's so overt. He's not couching it in any way he's not trying to hide it by saying something flowery or something deflecting mm-hmm. he straight up says no tarzan knows that you can't kill a white guy and it's like this is <laughs> like i said when, when you when you break it down and say the, the 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 main theme of tarzan is white supremacy like straight up no bones about it like like I said before, you can you can take oh like you can take a white guy out of culture, but you can't take the supremacy out of the white guy. That's how fucking Tarzan feels like. That's its thesis. I don't <laughs> like that. It makes me unhappy. It's it's very sad. It's very disheartening when you when you want to come for the the swinging, yeah, and the fun and the exploring the jungle and the lost cities and treasure and. And, you know, in, in, mod- in modern day cancel culture, too, you get into this concept of like, when it, when can you and when is it OK to separate the art from the artist, etc. And it, uh, the answer is, uh, it's, to me, it's subjective. It's individual. It's a choice. But what about when the art itself is the is racist? <laughs> like. It's hard not to, to it's impossible. It's impossible to read this book and not be, at least for me be struck by the eventual disgusting racism. Right. Man, I really didn't want this to be this way. Do you, do you have anything else to say on I, this? I've got nothing. Uh, uh, <laughs> I found the, uh, the the attack on the village surprisingly graphic at times. I wasn't expecting some of that. And then just racism. So, no. Yeah. Um, even the next chapter, which is chapter 22... The search party. Uh, the overview here is that it's the French soldiers outright slaughter the Africans' tribespeople. They they just walk in and murder them with their guns, and they even take note to talk about how they're sparing the women and the women that didn't try to hurt them and some children because right. you know they're benevolent. That's what I'm talking about. It's this whole thing about and they when and you, they and they benevolently left them their huts, so they right could be because they from they, the elements. They wanted to burn them. They intended to burn them. But, you know, who has the time? Right. It goes back to that idea, though, of when you create your own god and then insist that god created you, you get to attribute, like, characteristics to them, like benevolent violence. Right. You get to you get to say, well, of course god raised the earth with a huge flood, but he spared the good people so that we could start over, you know, because... I know, because we were spared... Ergo, come on. 
Right. And it's like, so when I, when I do that as a human, I'm acting divinely. When I, you know, raise the village of a, of, of, of some indigenous people, it's okay because I didn't just kill them all. It wasn't genocide. No, it wasn't it was just mass murder. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of shit that, like, again, I'm telling you, those two <laughs> things go together. <laughs> um, I, another thing that really bummed me out about this chapter, and I think this is what we were referencing earlier, is that there's another element of this that feels like either Burroughs or somebody else noticed that there was this was problematic, like having your heroes slaughter a bunch of innocent, like, well, arguably innocent people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the problem is that like, there's completely innocent people, but having them slaughter them, you need to find a way to make the, the people who were slaughtered villains so that your heroes remain heroes. So the way they do that is they decide they're cannibals. They just announce like, Oh, these, these, you know, African tribes, people, they're, they're cannibals that what we're doing then is, is good by purging them from the earth because cannibalism is so bad. This is basically a cancer and we're cutting it out. Yeah. We're heroes. We are. Yeah, exactly. Cause they were literally eating ourselves. They were eating, you know, cancer is the body eating itself. This was the body of humanity eating itself. And that's not okay. And, and we're righteous to save the world from this blight. And that's the shit that is like, damn, like, it's it's like you can't just own your own like uh colonial racism. You can't just like accept like oh yeah, this is just part of how western culture advanced. Like mm-hmm. you have to like look at it like well no because they also want to be they're still heroes. <laughs> it, it's just kind of sickening. I don't I didn't like it. It really makes me mad. I also overview in this chapter uh, on the on the romance side, this is the chapter where Clayton gets really jealous of Tarzan and of Jane's experience with him, and I I thought that that was delicious. <laughs> I, um, I think that I think what Burroughs specifically a, was delicious for you? Well, Burroughs did a great job showing how cruel jealousy can make a person. Mm-hmm. The way that that Clayton lies about Tarzan and insinuates horrible things about him is so believable and so like poignant that it makes me feel like this is something Burroughs must have done in his life mm-hmm. to someone else out of jealousy. He's too in tune with that note, with that uh, personality trait for it to have been to, like, you know, some sort of inspired like flare of brilliance. It's it's he's he's this guy. I, and I enjoy that because if I felt the conflict, I felt the conflict coming i felt the way that the things that he was saying would would be so painful to hear Mm -hmm. as jane yeah and i thought it was it was it was like quality soap opera shit um my my only other i have one more note on this chapter do you have anything else besides uh what's your other note my other note is that i I, this goes back to something else we said earlier i i really expected tarzan of the apes to strictly be an adventure story set in the jungle with a lost ape like lost lost you know guys raised by apes uh, but it's also it's through these chapters it's become so many other things it's become like a pulpy jungle adventure it's a trashy romance novel it's a colonial war drama like i gotta say like I, it's impressive how he's dipping his toe in all these different like genres or even even the whole slapstick or vaudevillian comedy stuff Right. Like it's it all 
These are all different things that can and often do exist separately, but really, really great works bring them all together in fun ways. Star Wars has that in a lot of different ways. It has all these different like things going on in it. Um, lots of movies do that and or lots of stories that are successful do that. And this one, I just started to notice that it's happening. You know, there's this weird romance thing. There's this this comedy thing. There's this like action adventure with war mixed with, you know, survival adventure. The racism overshadows it. It does. It does. And and I think that's a good segue. Because <laughs> now we're at the end. No, we're at the end. I'm just trying to I'm, right. I'm trying to think about how to get to Esmeralda's dialogue and how we would notice that it was different. So let's talk about Esmeralda's dialogue. There you go. See? See how you do that? So Esmeralda is the character who is Jane's... Servant. Uh, servant? Yeah, I think that's the right word. She. We've talked about her in the last episode where I think she appeared for the first time. Mm-hmm. She is very much a stereotype. And I think... And what we, what we learned is that in the last episode, I made a reference to how much this character reminded me of the character from Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. And... How that I know that that's essentially an archetype, uh, in in vaudeville and in in, in cinema and in, in minstrel shows, minstrel shows, right? But what we learned is that this is sort of like an update to the edition edition, mm. where R two. You want to take it from here? You want to explain this? Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. Try, I'm gonna I, I, so Esmeralda likes to exclaim, "Oh, Gabarelle!" Not O Gabrielle, not O Gabriel, but O Gabriel, and I didn't know what the heck that meant. It could just be some weird phonetic transliteration of one of those th- two, or maybe it's something else. I had no idea, so I tried to Google it with quotes, and it still tried to change it into O Gabriel or Gabrielle, and I said no, I meant Gabrielle. Damn it. I'm clicking on that link. I meant O Gabarel. And all that came up then was references to Tarzan. Some of those including um, online articles about a lot of the problematic uh, language usage for Esmeralda. And I started reading it. I'm like, this doesn't look anything like mine. This is uh, far more written in an accent, written in a patois, written, you know, in a in a very specific typified speech. I brought that up to Doug, who said, no, that's exactly what I've got. So we have two different editions. Yeah, well, not only do we have two different editions, but uh, it's. It, I think what you one of the things you mentioned is that at some point, uh, this book was edited. Yes, cleaned do up. Do you have an... Yeah, do you have a time frame on when you think that happened? One, one of the things I saw was 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it happened before then, but it was definitely recontextualized then for political correctness. The the article I was reading said, I don't know if that was a judgment call, or if that was actually a reason at the time or a term they used at the time, but that seemed to be when a lot of this happened. Yeah. Um. So what we were going to do is... How, we were thinking about doing a, a reading from each of our 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 books, so that the, so that you, the listener, can hear exactly what we're talking about, uh, and 
so fair warning my version's bad <laughs> um they're neither of them are particularly good but mine's real bad so how about we have rob go first okay are we starting with and, yes and, honey or where would you like to start um yeah i think that's the best place to start on this so okay for anyone looking and wants to look at this this is the very last page of our of this episode so the page right before uh chapter 23 brother men mm-hmm all right. <clears throat> yes, honey. Now you go to, right to sleep. No, 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 no. Sorry, Rob. You have to go back. There's two okay. yes honeys. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes I'm, sorry I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, that's fine. Cut all that. Yes, honey. But what's the matter with all you? All right. I'm sorry. I got to go back further. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm not trying to be a dick. Um, there's a there's a a, a, a Gabarelle that really were Gabarelle <laughs> screamed Esmeralda. Read that read okay. from there. <laughs> I promise I'm not being a jerk. I I, I, this is not a bit. I know. It's hilarious. Though. It is hilarious. Gabrielle, screamed Esmeralda, sitting up. What is it now? A hypnoceros? Where is he, Miss Jane? Nonsense, Esmeralda. There is nothing. Go back to sleep. You are bad enough asleep, but you are infinitely worse awake. Yes, honey, but what's the matter with you, precious? You act sort of disgranulated this evening. Oh, Esmeralda, I'm just plain ugly tonight, said the girl. Don't pay any attention to me. There's a dear. Or that's a dear. Yes, honey. Now you go right to sleep. Your nerves are all on edge. What with all the ripotamuses and the man-eating geniuses that Mr. Philander been telling about. Lord, it ain't no wonder we get... We all get nervous prosecution. Okay. Okay. You want to you wanna take me through yours? Yeah. But <laughs> I want to... Okay, so I want to clarify. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> and this this goes back to, like... When when we talked the last episode, I think we when we addressed this, I think I came at it real hard with the like, oh, this is awful, and I, in retrospect, think I can hear you not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> so I am really glad you made this discovery because this explains a lot because it's much much worse for me. Okay, so apologies. I, I, I'm just reading the I'm just reading the book so you guys can hear how bad it is. That's the only purpose of this. Gabarelle screamed Esmeralda sitting up. What am it now? A hypnoceros? Where am he, Miss Jane? Nonsense, Esmeralda, there is nothing. Go back to sleep. You're bad enough asleep, but you're infinitely worse awake. Yasm, honey. But what's the matter with you all, precious? You acts sorta kinder disgranulated disebenin. Oh, Esmeralda, I'm just plain ugly tonight, said the girl. Don't pay no attention to me. That's a dear. Yasm, honey. Now you all go right to sleep. Yo nerves am all on age. What with all disripopotamus or ripotamuses and man-eating genuses dat mars mars dat mars philander been telling about laws. It ain't no wonder we all got we all get nervous prosecution. Ugh. Oof, that is not good. There's so many things here that are so upsetting. Like, Mars I, Philander, like... Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, pick up on it earlier. Oh, it, no. It, I, it, it does explain what you're talking, that discrepancy. Where I'm yeah. like, well, you know, uh, maybe we should think about looking at it from this angle. And you're like, no, no, we should not. Uh, it, and the trouble is that, like, that's just the last one. 
Oh, sure. There, There's so many more that are, are basically equally bad, like, and I hate it. <laughs> um, it makes me feel bad. It just, it just... Anyway, so... So, uh, just know that, I guess, if you're reading this book and you're not seeing that stuff, if you really want to get the full context of how bad this originally was, you gotta go find that, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. When we did our edition edition, I think I might have mentioned that my copy of Tarzan of the Apes says on the cover that it's complete and unabridged. You did. Which I think must be the difference. You must be reading an abridged version. Certainly not complete. Um, right. Yeah, I, I would call it a bridge, but not a bridge in the not not truncated in a Reader's Digest kind of way. No, 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 no. That's but, not what I meant. Yes, but just like certainly it, it, abridged, meaning edited of some kind. Yes. Like, yes. I don't know which one I would recommend reading. I think I would recommend reading the complete unabridged version because it's you. I, I here's what I think. It depends on what you want. If you want to read a story that doesn't make you feel guilty for reading it, read the version Rob's reading, uh, which is still going to make you feel bad. But yeah. if you want to read the like awful version, the real bad, like version of Tarzan, uh, get the one I'm reading. Cause it's, that's, it's not good. Um, it, it is an interesting thing to note though, as a case study about how perception makes reality. Because we both thought we were reading the same thing. That's the whole point of the show. Yeah. And then to like to discover that even in the variances and additions could have this amount of a of a difference. Like this feels like a catastrophically different <laughs> like tone and read. Um, like I, I'm interested to see, think about like what you thought were so bad about es- Esmeralda before if you didn't read this stuff because this was right out of the gate present in her character for me i mean part of it is the fact that she's supposed to be there for comic relief but Mm -hmm. isn't funny other than her existence right um a lot of it's the the stereotypical um rolling her eyes which seems to be attributed to a lot of black characters in this book in a way i've read in other places before um and and just giving her really imbecilic things to say and do and and do and do and do and to just be there only to be looked down upon that's that's the reason for her existence it's not even comic relief the way we would think of it it's it's like she's there to be looked down on and there's it... uh there's that thing about the different types of clowns mhm there's the uh i i don't remember them all that well but i know that one of them is the the buffoon type of clown and that's the clown who is who's the the idiot clown the clown that does things that are stupid and uh like makes a fool of himself the slapstick clown as far as i understand it Mm -hmm. and it seems like it was very popular to pigeonhole african-american performers into these comic relief roles in a way to sort of, again, humiliate them and, and make sure the audience understood that they as probably majority white people were as reinforcement of how reinforcement. That's exactly the word I was going to use. Yes. Right. And so like when you, when you see a character like this behave this way, I can't see it 
without noticing that that's part of probably the appeal at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's also sickening. (laughs) It really Um, is. Especially when you, again, and I'll, I, I, I'm going to beat this horse to death, especially when you go back as far as to look at, uh, Phantom Menace and you see the same bullshit disguised thinly be just as present. And, And like, I feel bad uh, for the actor who played Jar Jar Binks for being the one who gets saddled with that responsibility when it's really George Lucas's fault. Yeah. George Lucas knows enough about filmmaking and knows enough about film history and, and entertainment history to know what he was doing and to not have stopped himself. Yeah, it's not Ahmed Best's fault in any way. No, he, he Lucas deserves all of the like credit and blame for that. I mean, if you're an actor and you're told you want to be in Star Wars and you're like, yes, and they say, okay, you have to play a minstrel. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, it's just, it's so appalling that it got to that level. Anyway, it's, it's like, it's, it's just bothersome. So I'm glad, I'm glad we discovered that, like, that distinction. And it sucks that this has to be the racism episode. Yeah. Because I didn't expect it. It blindsided me. I, I didn't expect to, to, to be this deep like i expected it to be the kind of stuff where it's like you know there's a fucking moment in these chapters again where when the french soldiers are killing the uh tribes people they have he has this horrible fucking line i'm gonna try to find it all right so again i'm gonna do a reading here just to show you how bad this book gets and how like to me it's it's inarguable at this point it's inarguably racist and fucked up mm-hmm uh, reprehensible, whatever whatever words you want to use, it is the all. <laughs> so this is chap uh, in the chapter of the village of torture. Uh, for me, it's page two hundred, bottom of page two hundred. And then this this is the French people, the French soldiers attacking the African uh, tribes people, the African warriors. Uh, and this is what it says: the bestial faces, daubed with color. The huge mouths and flabby hanging lips, the yellow teeth, sharp filed, the rolling demon eyes, the shining naked bodies, the cruel spears. Surely no such creatures really existed upon the earth. He must indeed be dreaming. So if you're not reading along with us and you're not seeing these things as we get to them and you're not wondering why we're talking about them or you are wondering why we're talking about them so much. It's chock full of it at this point. Like these chapters really had a predominance of this kind of language and this kind of description and it's gross. So uh, if you don't like Tarzan, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I, let me rephrase. I can relate. I can, I, I kind of at this point, not liking Tarzan. Um, because of this stuff, like I, I, like I said before, you can separate artists from artists, but you can't separate art from art. You can't pull the art away from itself and be like, yeah, but I do like it. Like, yo, come on. Like it's there. It's, it's, it's a huge part of this story. And I'm bummed out that I didn't know that. Like I'm bummed out that we started this book without me knowing ahead of time. Oh yeah. It gets racist. And specifically in these ways, do you think that there's a, like a, a level of racism that goes beyond just just being racist that's like like is there another word like to talk about like is it just white supremacy because that's what this book's about this book's it's not just racist like that's the thing that i wish i had known it's not just a racist book it's also a book that essentially promotes white supremacy i think that's it i think that's what it is i think that's yeah 
That's the phrase you're looking for. Well, that sucks. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about it? Uh, hey, only one more episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, only one more episode. I think it's fair to say at this point, I I don't think I have any intention of reading more Tarzan. I think maybe in 30 years, I might give the second book a shot to be able to remember, oh, I wonder, (laughs) I wonder, is it, is the, is the second installment just as racist? Uh, does it, like, that would be. It would be a morbid curiosity thing. It would be exclusively because re- now I know that my all my best hopes and dreams of Tarzan not being racist are Dashed. wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that if I was to read it again, I had better expect there to be a lot more racism. Yeah, one more chapter. That brings us to the new word alert. <laughs> All right, here we go. Paucity. Paucity. Uh, a scantness of something, a scant amount of. I I I almost want to say an absence, but I feel like, but it, it's more you're very low on something. A paucity. You of fucking supplies. nailed it. Nice. It's a noun meaning smallness of number. Okay. A scantity. <laughs> it sounds dirty. Epicure. Epicure. That's related to Epicurean. Is that someone who loves all perspicacity has left my head? Um, a foodie, for yes! example. Yeah. Yes! Oh, two for two. When was the last time this happened? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Epicure, one with sensitive and discriminating taste, especially in food or wine. Mm-hmm. I am liking I am liking this. All right, you ready for another one? I am. Oh man, the stakes are high. The stakes are so high. Tarpaulin. Tarpaulin? I don't know where the microphone on my computer is, so I'll try to do it again. But yes, it's tarpaulin. That's a that's a fancy tarp. Fancy word for tarp. It is a fancy word for tarp. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we've ever had 3 for 3 on the new word alert. All right. <laughs> okay, we got some more. Oh shit! You're not gonna get out that easy. Here's here's another one. Viand. What was it? Viand, spelled. I'll give you the spelling. Okay. V i a n d. I have no idea. Uh, 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 it's a noun. Okay, I, f- I figured. No help. I, I mean, the the it's in makes me think of uh, brigand, but I I. But that's just just because that's how I'm seeing it in my head. I have no idea. It's okay. It's a short-lived victory. Um, <laughs> viand is a noun meaning an item of food. Oh. Especially a choice or tasty dish. Like a victual or a victual. Or a provisions. Oh. Specifically, it was used in the moment in this book where Tarzan brings Jane a pile of fruits and nuts. And at one point, she it's described that she grabs or moves away a viand from in front of her or something. And I said, well, I got to look that up because I don't know what it means. No fair. Just means just means food. That's the end of the new word alert. Uh, you, you almost got 100% new word alerts. That was really impressive. I like to think I got 100% and then missed the bonus. 
I can understand how you would like to think that. <laughs> okay, great. That's all I need. I just want to be understood. Um, okay, well, next time we're reading the rest of the book. Yeah. So we'll finish Tarzan of the Apes and pray to God that when we get to the to the John Carter series that it's not racist. You have anything else you'd like to say? I think I think not. All right, the next uh, time we're starting again, chapter 23, Brother Men, and reading to the end of the book. So, hopefully this episode was good and insightful and didn't make us sound like assholes. Um, I'm afraid it will, but we'll deal with that when we get there. Uh, Considering the subject matter of these books, or this book, I gotta say, from the bottom of my heart, listeners, thanks for listening. (laughs) I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit.